This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Can I start out today by complaining about something? Well, it's your show, dummy. You can do pretty much whatever you want. All right, I want to start out the show by complaining today. By the way, I hope everyone had a full eyeball full of NHL action over the weekend. Some really good stuff. Some funny stuff uh, as well. Some entertaining stuff. Some violent stuff. Some surprising stuff. But I'm going to start the show today and start the week off by grousing about something. I'll be curious to hear what Elliot thinks about it in a couple of moments here when he uh, when he joins us. Um, there are five games on the go around the NHL this evening. Five games going. And the marquee matchup is Bedard versus Austin Matthews. Uh, Austin Matthews with back-to-back hat tricks to kick off the season for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And Connor, McDo- Connor, Connor Bedard is drawing rave reviews and cameras and microphones everywhere he goes, much to the chagrin of Taylor Hall. We'll get there in a couple of moments. But there's some interesting matchups tonight. The Detroit Red Wings are facing off against the Columbus Blue Jackets. I'll talk to Kevin Allen about this at the bottom of the hour. We'll sharpen the pencil on the Detroit Red Wings. And Alex DeBrinkett, who is right back to his goal-scoring ways. Pretty obvious that wasn't a fit with the Ottawa Senators and Alex DeBrinkett. That was not his style uh, whatsoever. He's back in a system and on a team that plays much more akin to the style that he succeeds in, namely more of a puck possession game, and he's got three goals in two games. Who's surprised? No one should be. Red Wings are playing the Columbus Blue Jackets. By the way, Columbus, coming off the weekend, should get first star for one thing and one thing specifically, the tribute video to Jonathan Quick (laughs) in the Rangers game on the weekend, which was exceptional. We'll get there, too. Uh, The Florida Panthers 0-2 to kick off the season. We knew they would struggle a little bit with their back end all mashed, namely Brandon Montour and Aaron Ekblad, but they're starting off 0-2 against the New Jersey Devils team that are 1-0-1 after having dropped one Friday against the Arizona Coyotes. Those same Coyotes are facing off against the New York Rangers. Kreider with three goals, wash, rinse, and repeat. It's pretty much automatic on the power play for him. Mention the Chicago Blackhawks and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, You can watch that one on Rogers Monday Night Hockey this evening. And the Calgary Flames travel to Washington to face off against the Capitals. So some interesting matchups tonight. What am I grossing about? They're all 7 o'clock Eastern starts. All at the exact same time. We've been screaming for time staggers now for a while. But I I can hear the response already from various people around the league. This is still very much a butts-in-the-seats business, and that is what we are accommodating first. And with that, we'll bring in Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada. Hello, Fridge. Hey, Merrick. How you doing? Sorry I changed the timeline like Uh, six times today. Uh, I've known you since 1994. To say that I'm uh, to say that I'm used to it is uh, is the understatement of the uh, of the day, if not the month, if not the year. So don't you worry about it, Frege. Um That's okay. But I, I just want to start on a sort of maybe a, maybe a trivial note. But there's some pretty intriguing matchups. I mean, early in the yep. season, a lot of the matchups are interesting. Sometimes for different reasons. And I preface this by saying I know this is still a butts in the seats league, and that's where the lion's yep. share of revenue comes from. But in the spirit of you know, if you're watching the Coyotes and the Rangers, and maybe you want to have a peek and see what the Devils are doing, you have to break away from your game because. There are no time staggers. Every game tonight starts at 7 o'clock 
Eastern. Your thoughts on this one? This, this. I mean, for someone like you, like guys like you and me, people like you and me, like we watch like all the games and have multiple screens going on at the same time. Yep. Um, but from a marketing point of view, I, I just can't help thinking that this is another lost opportunity. All five games starting at the same time tonight. You know, but you hit on the answer there in your opening about how, at the end of the day, whoever pays the most money, the situation gets <laughs> bent to them. Like, um, I wasn't able to watch a lot of the NFL yesterday. I was uh, running around and, and, and doing some stuff. But one of my buddies told me that the end of the game between the Browns and the 49ers, I think it was, the 49ers first lost the year, a big upset, they cut away from it because it was going into the next TV window. And to me, that's insane. Like, that is insane. But who pays the most money in the NFL? The television networks. Like, there is a reason, Jeff, that before the NFL teams uh, get a dollar of ticket revenue, they're already uh, cash positive. They're already making a profit. And that's because of the TV deals. So... I know it makes people crazy. I saw some tweets about it today. Um, and, you know, generally, it would a stagger be more fun? Yes, but I understand why it happens. And, Jeff, let's be honest. From a TV point of view, if you want to be on an intermission show and stay employed because you're on one, it's probably <laughs> a good thing for you. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, big big, big up win, the well, you know what win for David it. Amber. Big win for David Amber. Big win. You have to watch him. Big win no for other DA. games on. Yeah. And he'll be kicking. He'll be kicking off hour two here. You know what a wink's at? A wink's at. Well, you know what the golden rule is, Elliot. You know what the golden rule is? He who has the most gold makes the rules. Exactly. We always thought it was something along the lines of do unto others. No, no, no. It's whoever has the gold makes the rules. That is the golden yeah. rule. And in this case, uh, it's it's the live event. Um, a couple of things. Uh, the marquee matchup tonight, and, you know, this winks back at the weekend and winks back at, you know, opening night as well. Uh, on the one end of the rink, you have Austin Matthews with six goals in two games. Uh, the other end of the rink, you have Austin Matthews, um, one of Austin Matthews' biggest fans, or one of the biggest fans of the way that Austin Matthews shoots, specifically yeah. in Connor Bedard. Now, Taylor Hall has come out and said, essentially, um, the kid has an understanding of his place in the game already and shoulders a lot of the marketing load for the for the NHL, but it's, it's too much. It's too yeah. much for an 18-year-old. He's not going to come out and complain and say it himself, but this is too much for Connor Bedard. Do you think it's too much for Connor Bedard? You know, this is, I've been thinking a lot about this uh, ever since I saw Hall's comments. And um, I, have a, I have a lot of different things to say about this. And I'll probably formulate them when I write them this week. I, I think the short answer is it's a lot to ask of him. No question about it. But the long answer is a lot of different things here about where we are as a sport and where we are going. And so let me just start with this. Yes, I think it's a lot to ask of him. And I think the kid is doing an incredible job, like an absolutely incredible job. Yeah. You know, this morning, uh, this morning, the, uh, the Blackhawks didn't skate uh, here in Toronto, uh, just like the Canadians didn't skate uh, on opening day yeah. here in Toronto. And there are some media members who are really unhappy about it. Because it's a game day, it's Chicago's only visit to Toronto, and it shouldn't be the case. And 
you know, they did skate yesterday here. I, I find it difficult to complain too much about it right now, about Bedard's specific case, just simply because he's been so good and the Blackhawks have been so good about making him available on this first road 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 trip of the season. Excuse me, Jeff. Road trip of the season. So while I do understand the media complain about it, I think it's difficult to complain about what the Blackhawks have done. Now, this offseason, I've had numerous people in the game, whether they be players, and some of them are players, and other people around the league, uh, some of them are agents, some of them are in the league, who say we're not growing enough. We have to grow more. And, you know, they're a little worried about MLS, and they're a little worried about the expansion of F1, and what does this mean for future revenues in the NHL? Well, Jeff, what sells sports? Number one, it's the competition. Uh, but number two, it's the personality. Um, the NHL is the only league which wouldn't do this historically. Every other league, look, why is F1 booming in popularity? It's because of drive to survive. It's the, the, that show and the personality of the, of the Lewis Hamiltons has been huge for the sport. Why do you think MLS had such a big explosion this offseason? Was it because the quality of the games? No, it was because of the arrival of Messi, and it was a place to be seen. Yeah. Now, obviously, Bedard is not Messi, but I, I don't think you can fault the NHL and the media that covers it for saying, you know, the, we have to, like, he's a quiet kid on the ice. He's as advertised. He's a quiet kid, which is fine. He's 18. But, Jeff, if we want the sport to grow and we're worried about um, other sports catching us, then what's going to sell? It's going to be our personalities. And what I think is that some of the other star players in the league should look at this and say, look at what this kid's being made to do or asked to do. We've got to help him. You know, we we have to start because mm-hmm. you grow with your stars. And so that's my general reaction to this whole situation. Do I think he's being asked to do a lot? Absolutely. There's no question he's being asked to do a lot. But I think that, I think the response should be not shutting him down. The response should be, all right, if this is what we need, how are we going to help him so that, he, A, he's not the only one, and, B, other people recognize that this is where we have to go? Mm-hmm. Well, like let, let me let me compare then to and 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 it's Toronto and Toronto. There's always a hyper focus, certainly on on every athlete, but we'll focus on Austin Matthews. Um, yep. Right now, Connor Bedard is listen. He's a he's a special player, future of the game, all of that, elite level, everything. Um, he's already you know selling jerseys like crazy. Kids love him. Uh, you know, when, I, when you and I went to, to Vegas for the players tour, the, the only thing my kids asked me before I left was, are you going to see Connor Bedard there? Like, they're, uh, kids want to tape their stick like him. All kids are asking. Already he is a phenomenon for that yeah. next generation of hockey fan and, you know, gen- next generation of season ticket holder. What about Austin Matthews here? Like, how do you feel? I am curious, you know, talking about, you know, everybody holding up their end of the bargain. Tonight we're seeing Connor Bedard versus Austin Matthews. How do yep. you see him holding up his end 
of the marketing bargain. Now, he's decided to stay in Toronto. He's talked about how he couldn't believe that there was even noise around him leaving. Uh, he's got six goals in two games. He's, you know, he's, he's kicked off the season in, in fantastic fashion. Like He's one of the brightest stars that the NHL has. Born in L.A., moved to Arizona, non-traditional market, all of it, blah, 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 blah. We all know the story. Yep. How do you feel Matthews is holding up his end of things? Well, number one, I, I think that he has to play great, right? And you can't can't complain about that too much uh, at the beginning of, so far. of this season. Yeah, so far, so good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can't. Um, you know, like the thing about Matthews is he's always kind of done it in an interesting way, like the photo shoots with Flair, like with the big red jacket, you know, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, someone said to me, and I haven't seen it, but someone said to me there was a really interesting uh, picture uh, at the end of the game the other night against Minnesota where I think there was a fan who held up a sign saying that he was of Mexican heritage or he's from Mexico or something like that. And Matthews made sure to throw him. I don't know if it was a puck or a stick. And I, I haven't seen it yet, but someone was talking to me about it this morning. And they were saying that... Um, you know, they were saying that it was like a really neat moment for them to see it. And I think that's kind of the way that Matthews is. I think he likes to do some of the understated things that, that as opposed to talk, uh, as opposed to more talk or anything like that. But I, I do think that, like, I, I think there's a whole other side to him. Like, sometimes I think it's different because if you play in Toronto – there's all there's everything pulling at you, and it's kind of you want more privacy. But I really think there's a yep. whole other side to Matthews, Jeff, that I think people would love to see, love to see. And I hope one day he decides to show it. Like, you know, the, the one thing I completely agree with you there in your hypothesis is I hope that some of the game's great players, including Matthews, look at what's happening with Bedard and say – Instead of we got to dial it back for that kid, we've got to do more. Like, it's not to say they're not um, helpful. Like, you know, Crosby does a lot of interviews. Matthews does a lot of interviews. McDavid does a lot of inter interviews. Dreisaitl, who's phenomenal, does a lot of interviews. But I, I just think it's yeah. like, okay, how can we, if we really want to grow the sport, we've got to do it through our superstars. So how are we going to do it? You know, you'll recall, uh, as many of us who lived through it, um, coming out of the 0405 lockout, what put the NHL back on the map right away? Was it the fancy new logo? No, it was Crosby and Ovechkin. And that was, for the first time, I mean, there have been, listen, so we went through the era of Mario Lemieux and, and Wayne Gretzky, et cetera, before that, Bobby Orr and Phil Esposito and go all the way back, Beliveau, Richard, et cetera. But this was the first time that hockey became really a sport where it wasn't the Pittsburgh Penguins versus the Washington Capitals. It was Crosby versus Ovechkin. This, like, this was a radical departure from the way things had always been in the NHL. And we're still like living on the fumes of that. What did we just see late last week? Washington Capitals and Pittsburgh Penguins. Again, 
Crosby versus Ovechkin. They shouldered their load. And, you know, for, for Sidney Crosby, I don't know that he ever, I don't think that he ever fell out of favor, but Alexander Ovechkin did. Like, it was, it was fun Ovi to start, and then all of a sudden, there was a whole lot of Alex Ovechkin hate, and he sort of powered through all of it, won the Stanley Cup, and a lot of the naysayers, we know where they all, uh, they all ended up. So there are athletes that have, that, have, that have been aware of their place in the game and have stepped up. But to your point, I just don't know. I hate telling people what to do, but here I go. Oh, I just don't yeah, know that I'm there's enough way. of those guys. You know, I just you don't know, know that there's enough of those guys, though. I, you know, and I and I don't disagree. I think that um, you know, like look, like go back to the NBA. If you want to go back to the late '70s, early '80s, uh, I, I remember the NBA Finals being on tape delay. You know, they in some markets. Yeah. The, you know, I think Bob McCowan, if I remember correctly, he owned like the rights to them in on, in Canada, and he would put them on like Global late at night. Like it was, it was crazy. And he told me that story once. And, but it was on tape play in the States and what changed it, it was, it was Bird and Magic and, and Michael Jordan and yeah. the NBA. And, and that's an easier league to become called a personality because, you know, the stars on the court for 40 of the 48 minutes of gameplay. So, you, you know, they control it much more than hockey does, but you know, we, we've always been proud of it's, it's team over individual. And I think there is a lot to be proud of there, but now, I think we have to take a look at that and say, is that stifling us a bit or more than a bit? Like somebody, somebody said to me, like it was only a couple, a couple days ago that somebody brought up to me about the MLS concern. And I said, I, I said, you know, like that's one guy. Like, ML, like, sport, like yeah. soccer is growing as a sport in North America. And that the soccer is growing as a sport in North America. But nobody would argue that MLS, even in North America, is a better TV package than, say, the Premier League or, or anything like that. Nobody would make that argument. But all of a sudden, Messi shows up. He makes a, a landmark TV uh, contract where he gets a percentage of the Apple sales. Like, nobody's allowed to see Messi's contract. Cause, uh, but, like, that's all, that's all him, right? And, like, look, like, he's... A, a global super athlete. I don't even think there's a fair comparison at hockey, but it shows you when you have a talented player who's really good, who's got momentum behind them, that's what you, that's what you have to push. All right. Um, that's a conversation that's going to continue. Uh, tonight, it's the Maple Leafs and the Blackhawks, the Calgary Flames and the Washington Capitals. You know, there was some interesting, uh, interesting uh, clips um, from from Matthew Phillips, uh, and we all know what happened with you know Matthew Phillips and the Calgary yeah. Flames previous. And as much as I'm sure Craig Conway would have loved to have re-signed him and kept him in the mix, uh, he moves on um, to what he hopes is greener pastures. Mitch Love would have had yeah. in the minors. Um, now part of the Washington Capitals mix. Here's what Matthew Phillips. This is part of Eric Francis's piece. Um, uh, here's what Matthew Phillips said about his stint with Daryl Sutter. Quote. I definitely think my situation was blown out of proportion. Personally, there was nothing that crossed the line or that I felt disrespected. There was just not much communication, but everybody has their coaching style, and that was his. Um, do you think that is Matthew Phillips trying to extinguish a flame, uh, not try to start something, or that's just 
how Matthew Phillips legitimately feels about his time with, with Daryl Sutter. You can recall how much clamoring there was for the Calgary Flames to start to blend in some youth in the, uh, in the organization and, and with the team and how much Sutter resisted. That's a, that's a really good play on words, Jeff. Extinguish a flame. Very, <laughs> Thank you. very good. Very good. Attila the, Attila Attila the pie. Eng- English degree, Elliot. English degree. <laughs> Someday I will get mine. Someday I will get mine. Now, you know, <laughs> I, it's probably both. Um, like he says what he needs to say there, right? Um, but he doesn't yeah. go all out. Like, like Pelche this year made sure that his feelings uh, were known in a very punny way. Um, yeah. So, like, I, I, Phillips, what he does there is he gets his message across without going to, you know, DEFCON 1 or whichever the big DEFCON is. Um, so th- that's what that is. So, you know, I think it's really interesting that, I think everything you need to know there, Jeff, is that he ends up with Mitch Love and he gets an incredible opportunity in Washington. Like, like Phillips yeah. is not going to be able to say that no matter what happens here, Phillips is not going to be able to say he was, he was not given that opportunity. Like the Capitals have really done everything they can to sh- give him the opportunity to show what he can do. So uh, that's, that's the way I look at it. He, he gets his message across there. All right. Um, Pride tape. Uh, we talked about this on the podcast. We're expecting meetings maybe as soon as today about the future of Pride Tape, I would imagine, amongst other initiatives uh, to happen in the next couple of days here between the NHL and do we throw the Players Association into this mix too? Oh, of course. And I, I was told that one of those meetings happened this morning. Um, and, you know, we'll see okay. what happens here. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, look, I thought, and I, I don't want to change people from listening to the pod, I thought you really hit it on the head. If, if you want to do this, like, and, and I say this, like, was watching the Sharks. Um, I had one eye on the Sharks on Saturday night. Was mostly watching Vancouver Edmonton, but it, I, you know, I didn't realize it was their loss to their own night in San Jose. And they used to have really funky jerseys that they would wear that someone locally would design for them, and that didn't happen either. Uh, under the new rules. And I think you have the solution. I, I think there should be uh, some nights this year and or in the future. And, you know, the league and the teams can decide how many nights we're talking here where everyone can pick something. Mm-hmm. Everyone can pick something that's important to them and they can wear a jersey or wear something. Like, I'm not even convinced the pride tape uh, ban is enforceable. Um uh, but uh, I, I think, like you know, like when I, when I was watching, when I realized that those uh, those uh, Spanish heritage jerseys were not being worn in San Jose, it's just it's it just I like know. because the pride jerseys right. took up most of the conversation. You you forget about the other jerseys that were really neat and really interesting, and. It's hockey fights cancer. It's military night. It's that like that night in San Jose. There has to be a way to do this and do it in a way that's positive. And I, like Jeff, as you know, I think most of your ideas are wrong and completely insane. And <laughs> like, feel like they came yes. from some L- LSD induced haze. Like no rational person could really yeah, think like this. 
But I think that you really hit on something there is that's the way to do it. You have a theme night and every player can pick. Like, you know, the other thing you can do is you you can say to your, you can can send it out. Like, for example, one of the things I love this week, last week is the Sabres and the Jets, like announcing their individual goal songs, right? Like, here's the goal songs you're going to hear from each player. You you could you could send it out like an hour before the game. Like here's what everybody's going to be wearing tonight: X player pride jersey, X player hockey fights cancer jersey, X player military yep. jersey, X player. Um, this is a cause that's important to them and their family. Maybe it's diabetes. Like yep. uh, you know, like some players are, are who have family members or are diabetic. They they talk about that you know quite a bit. Uh, Columbus has been very big. Yep. And to the, like, you, you could and like you could do it, and and you could do it in a way that is really positive and really fun, and that's what I think we yeah. should be working towards here. Um, it's we'll we'll see where this one heads, but I, I wonder too because it does it it does feel that coming off of the um, coming off a lot of the noise that was last week around this. Uh, and the reaction to it, like, it, it seemed almost right away. It was like, okay, the NHL needs a climb down here. Like, how are they going to do it? We'll, we'll see where this one heads. Um, well, I, you know, I think, I, think um, it, I think it's important, Jeff. I think it's important to say, too, is, like, obviously the players who disagree with the Pride Tape band get a lot of uh, attention, and they should. Um, but, like I, like, I think there's a number of players who are, and I don't think it's a small number either. I think it's, I think there's a number of players who really feel strongly that they're tired of, um, you know, people going through the internet and saying this person's wearing it and this person's not. And, you know, when, it, when the players association has been really silent on this and the more I've kind of been told about it, uh, the more I'm wondering if that's the reason uh, and yeah, that's what I think. I, I, I just think that I, I just think that we have to find a place where you can put everyone in the position where they can do something, and the focus is what they're doing as opposed to what they're not doing. And that is mm-hmm. a way to do it. Jeff, you have solved the problem. You are the next commissioner of the National Hockey League. <laughs> oh, I can't take the pay cut. I too, make too much here doing the syndicated <laughs> radio show. Thanks, but no thanks. Um, let me let me sort of. Uh, I got one kind of fun one here for you, and I, I go back and forth on on who my favorite might be. And I really hope this does become a thing in the NHL because, as potentially dangerous as it might be, it's still fun to watch. Um, Inside of the first week of the NHL season, we have seen two glorious examples of the hip check. Radko Gudis on Brendan Lemieux and Rasmus Dahlin on Philip Hedl. It is like I understand why players don't go for it because if you miss, you are out of the play, man. Like you are Denzo and it's an odd man rush. There was a Carolina one. There was was there was there one again again. Yeah, that's yeah, Gudis. That's uh, oh, was there? Okay, so no, yeah. so I'm hoping then that this becomes more of a thing around the NHL. Uh, the older fans will, I remember uh, having the conversations actually about Doug McLean with Doug McLean about Leo Boyvin because I've watched tons of old video and man, Boyvin's hip checks, you know, Rocket Richard, 
you know, had bruises for a lot of years because of Leo Boivin in, in some of those and some of those Montreal clashes. Um, but you know, Keith Ballard was always fantastic. Um, Darius Kasparitis, sometimes a little questionable, but you know, he always you know delivered you know beautiful uh, hip checks. Mark Mathots uh, was excellent. Yep. Alexi Emelin. Do you have a favorite? This is gonna. This is so niche. Do you have a favorite hip checker? It really is like a lost art Rob Blake. in the NHL. Like a really lost skill. Rob Blake's another there's another great one. Rob Blake is a great one for sure. I, I really hope that we've seen I mean, I've seen two. You say that there was one in Carolina, Ottawa as well, so we've seen three inside of one week. I really hope this does become more of a thing. Because it seemed yeah, for a long Rob time Blake. that the guys were shy about doing it because it takes you too far out of the play. Rob Blake would be my uh Rob Blake would be my guy because I used to love the way Rob Blake played. So, but you know, like yeah. I like, you know what, Jeff? Like I, I really like, um, like, like I really like a tough game. Uh, I do. I, uh, I like a tough game. I like a mean game. I like a physical game. But you know, especially sitting next to like Jamal Myers last Wednesday, uh, you know, yeah. I, I have a, I have a, like I have an, I call it now the Myers rule, like. If you're a hitter, it's incumbent on you to get at least half the body. And I, I, I like that rule. Yeah, it's a, it's I, a I great really, line. Yeah, I like that. I, I, I yeah. really like it. Like, and I'll say this. Like, the suspension um, in, in, the, in the first game for the, for the, that Howden got from Vegas, like, like there was, that's the one hit I, I really don't like. I think if you're coming from the side – like, I, like I'm not like I know there's a lot of people who feel that any contact to the head should be an automatic penalty. I'm not there yet because I just think there's, uh, I, I just think in hockey that's going to be impossible to enforce. I know well, I shouldn't say that. I just I think it's in hockey. I, I think that's a really hard one to enforce. But I do think if yeah. you're coming from the side. That's the one where, like, if you're in a guy's vision or where a guy should see you, I don't necessarily feel as strongly that any head contact is a penalty. But I do think if you're coming from the side, it's on you, and the NHL should go hard on that one. If you, if you come from a, from a non-direct eye line and you get someone in the head, that's when I think the NHL has to be hard on. So that's... That's kind of where I am right now. Um, let me throw let me throw one more name out at you because you just saw some you know Ottawa former Ottawa Senators players on the ice uh, Saturday uh, before the game against the Philadelphia Flyers. Anton Volchenkov. Yeah, he was a big hitter that guy. As a hip checker. As, yeah. as a as a as a hitter and shot blocker, um, and I'll always mention the name because I I I think that history has almost forgotten Anton Volchenkov. So maybe Sens fans haven't, uh, but I'll throw that name into the mix as well. And old school guys, um, we'll tell you about the Plaguers and Jimmy Murphy, uh, our buddy, just sends this one in. Uh, don't forget about Charlie McAvoy. Yeah, some of his beauty hip checks. So let's go. More hip checks in the NHL. Um, okay, uh, you're released. Enjoy your afternoon uh, and the rest of your day. We will check back tomorrow, Fridge. All right, Jeff. Have a great uh, afternoon. Speak to you later. 
Thanks, bud. There he is, Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada. The latest 32 Thoughts podcast is out right now, recorded at Last Night with Frege, available wherever you consume your podcasts. 